Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, with the COVID numbers rising all over the country, I'm afraid we need to talk this morning about the possibility of preparing for a winter with no high school or amateur sports. Now, of course, none of us wants this to happen, but as adults and as caring parents, we know that it, it serves our kids and us well if we start to start make some plans now as to how our athletes can prepare for a long, dark winter. Now, I'll get into this issue shortly, and I'll look to your calls, thoughts, and comments and suggestions. You know the number, one 337 But first up, I want to take a few moments to revisit the curious case of ice hockey player Mitchell Miller. Now, we touched upon this case at the end of last week's show, but I think it merits a little bit more discussion. As you might recall, Mitchell Miller, 18-year-old star prospect who was drafted by the Arizona Coyotes, only to be undrafted a few weeks later as the Coyotes apparently began to feel uncomfortable with having a player in their organization who has a history of bullying and racial insensitivity and have this kid on their payroll. Even though the kid had done and said some truly terrible things to a disabled black classmate in middle school, and even that Miller had been convicted and sentenced in juvenile court, and he fulfilled those sentences that the court put on him, this apparently wasn't enough to convince the Coyotes to take a chance on Miller. So he lost his chance to play pro hockey in the National Hockey League, And he also saw his college scholarship at the University of North Dakota. He saw that offer. That was rescinded as well. He can still go to college there, but he's not allowed to play on the college hockey team. I just wanted to add a few more observations on this case before we move on. First of all, this is truly a total lose-lose situation. On the surface, the Coyotes, well, they look bad for basically doing a 180 on this kid. In other words, I mean, they openly admit they knew that Miller had a history of of bullying back when he was 14 years old, back in eighth grade. 
The victim, of course, loses as well because he still has to live with the memories of being taunted and tortured by Miller, Miller's accomplice. And Miller, of course, loses out on his dreams, even though you can make, I guess, a case that he has paid his so-called debt to society and hopefully, presumably, has matured since eighth grade. But more than that, you know, if you're a sports parent of a youngster who shows some athletic talent, and if that youngster has some dreams of playing their sport at a higher level, I urge you to keep this Miller case tucked away in the back of your head as a prime example of why young athletes need to develop an awareness and sensitivity to all the people around them. I mean, kids, kids need to learn that, yeah, they will be held accountable. That's the key word here. They will be held accountable for their actions and their words. This is a theme that we've talked about many times in the show, and it's so essential. But they need to be held accountable, not just for their actions and words, not just now, but also as they get older. And especially in this day and age of the Internet and video cameras being everywhere, well, your son and daughter, if they're athletes, they need to respect that they and their actions are always being recorded and they can be watched at any time in the future. Now, this, is a, this is a daunting sports lesson because a generation ago, video and recordings and the Internet wasn't much of an impact, but it is now. As I said, this is a huge sports lesson that has to be inculcated into your son or daughter when they're growing up. That's the world our, our kids are growing up in, and our world is not going to change. So as a caring mom or dad, you need to have this conversation with your son or daughter not just once, but many, many times as they're growing up. You really need to drill into them the importance of their being a good person to everyone they encounter. And it, obviously, uh, the bullying, bullying's been going on for, for decades, for generations. But now, of course, there are laws in the books that protect kids who are victims. And obviously, schools are very much aware of this. You have to take your, do your job as a mom or dad and explain to your youngsters just how serious this can be because, unfortunately, as we use this example, as the Mitchell Miller case is, here's a kid who apparently is a really good athlete, top, top prospect as a hockey player, and at age 18, he thought he had the world in the palm of his hand, being drafted by uh, the Arizona Coyotes, being offered a scholarship to play hockey in college, I mean, you couldn't ask for a, more of a dream come true, but then, of course, it all came crashing down because obviously something happened when he was in middle school and he and a friend of his decided to taunt a kid who was developmentally uh, disabled. I, 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 I got to tell you, this is a very scary lesson uh, for parents to have to sit down and explain to their kids if they're athletes, understand this is what it's all about these days, and everything is being seen, everything's being recorded. Uh, you have to basically tell your kids to understand this is how it is in the world. They're going to be held accountable. Now, that's being held accountable has been a lesson for, for parents to teach their kids for 
for many, many years, of course, and of course, not just in sports, but all students. But the fact is, this is a classic case where a kid thought perhaps he was being cool, smart, funny, who knows what was going through his head when he was 13 or 14 years old, but now it's come back to haunt him. And uh, we'll have to see how this plays out, if this kid ever gets a chance to play hockey again. But as of right now, it looks like his, his dreams have come to a very sudden, uh, sudden halt. Okay, that's the end of my, uh, my Sunday sermon for this morning. Moving on. Yes, uh, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, we have to talk about how COVID is going to continue to affect our kids in their respective sports this winter. Now, I, I have a, a few thoughts and suggestions I want to share with you, and I, I want to get your opinions as well as to how we can find positive ways for our kids to not just maintain their athletic skills, uh, but also their life skills, and to obviously improve their skills as well over the next few months, just in case if everything goes dark in terms of high school and, and amateur sports. Uh, we, you know, we've already seen, for example, the Ivy League. They just announced this past week that they are not going to have any winter sports uh, this, this year due to COVID concerns. Uh, and that's, you know, that is unfortunately uh, what seems to be playing out as the numbers of infections uh, continue to rise pretty much everywhere. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I think this is an important topic. I know it's a painful one for a lot of us because obviously we've been battling this COVID epidemic, this pandemic since uh, last March, and here we are in the middle of November, and we're still looking, hoping to get a vaccine soon. But that apparently, by all accounts, that's not going to happen for several more months. So the question now is, what do we do? What happens? I'm looking for thoughts and suggestions, how kids can stay physically fit. I have some thoughts about how you as a parent can basically sit down with your, your son or daughter and say, let's talk about how we can use this time off in a positive way. All right. I want to hear from you. one 337 6666 Let me take a short time out. When I return, we'll talk about preparing for this winter without sports. Sports Radio 1019 FM, the fan, So I said before the break, as you probably have heard, the Ivy League just announced this past week that they are not going to have any winter sports uh, this year due to COVID issues. Uh, as you may recall, it was the Ivy League. Uh, they were the first major D1 conference to cancel its basketball playoffs last March. And of course, uh, they then canceled their spring sports and then the entire fall schedule as well. Uh, they've said that they will wait and see and where they are in terms of the pandemic around February to see if there's any possibility for spring sports to be played. But either way, there are no plans to shift uh, the fall sports competitions into the spring this year. They're not going to do that. They're not going to play. In other words, not going to play football uh, in the spring. Uh, and the only good news is that the Ivy League athletes will not lose a year of eligibility uh, due to the impact of COVID. Uh, look, infections are rising everywhere nationwide. Uh, this news doesn't come as a surprise to any of us, but. It is, of course, most disappointing to all of us uh, who want to see our kids play sports um, and you know, or want to coach and, and obviously enjoy uh, the, the fun and, and joy of, of watching uh, you know, amateur sports. I can only assume that we'll see other colleges and other high school sports will come to the same conclusion as the Ivy League has done regarding winter sports. 
pro level, of course, well, thanks to their deep pockets, uh, the NBA, NHL, they'll probably most likely go back to some sort of bubble system. Even the NFL, of course, is struggling with their numerous players uh, being tested positive. We'll have to see how they get through the remainder of their season. But let's get back to your son or daughter who plays sports and what this means. Uh, Let's start our conversation this morning. Let's go to Ed over in Elizabeth. Hey, Ed, good morning. Good morning, Rick. How you doing? Good, Ed. How, how are you holding up? I'm holding up okay. It's just a matter of this winter could... I, I don't want to use the word scary, but it, it could be totally different. You know, and uh, as, one of the things that you know is I, I, I'm primarily a baseball guy. Yep. And everyone's trying to plan their winter workouts for their teams and all that stuff. And you don't know what to expect. Uh, you know, one of the facilities that I use... They're going to let me – usually you pay everything off at once, but you know, they're going to do it by a week-by-week basis depending on if they're going to stay open or whatever. And uh, in college basketball in, in uh, New Jersey, the New Jersey Athletic Conference for basketball isn't starting until Martin Luther King weekend, and they're only playing a, 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 a nine-game conference schedule and then playoffs after that. So uh, it's going to be an interesting winter and all that with what's going on and. uh you know, Rick Pitino made a suggestion about starting the season later. You know, maybe that, that might be the alternative, you know, to see what happens, especially if this pandemic is actually going to spread spread greatly. Yeah, it, it's um, – well, first of all, the one thing that's a, a common denominator in all this, of course, as we get into the to cold, uh, wintry weather, is that our sports pretty much take place indoors. And if there's one – caution we've get heard a lot from the various medical experts as you know Ed is they say look uh, if you if you if you're going to have these competitions in sports it's always better to have them outdoors in the fresh air so now we're talking about as you said indoor batting or softball uh, practice uh, you know basketball uh, hockey whatever yeah I mean this is a problem this is going to make wearing a mask uh, absolutely essential uh, at all times because you really are taking a risk and as you said we're beginning to see already the the preparation saying well maybe the best thing to do is just to hold off and not have not start on time uh, with our various uh, programs but hold off until maybe you know January maybe by then we will basically uh, lower the infection spread and then maybe we'll have also some vaccines as well but well you know it's ironic too I was, I was talking to some people and some of them are friends of mine that are athletic directors some of these school high schools are older gyms where the, the ventilation in the school isn't, isn't up to par. Yeah, so that, yeah. That's, a, that's another issue that people have to be aware of when it comes to, uh, you know, winter sports also. Well, that has been a concern, as you know, just with classrooms in general. Uh, and uh, from what I gather when I read the reports in the media, a lot of the schools have really gone back over the course of the fall to try and improve the, uh, the, uh, the ventilation systems to make sure that they are clean and circulating fresh air. Uh, but it's going to be interesting, Ed. As I said, I, I do think that um, uh, people are going to start getting used to the idea that maybe we'll have to postpone some of these sports into January, uh, and it'll be obviously a, a tightened or a shortened schedule because it's, uh, the numbers don't look good. It's as simple as that. Ed, let me, let me get some more calls. Thank you, as always, for checking in. Stay well. Let's go on to uh, let's go to uh, Louie and Lindbrook. Hey, Lou. Good morning. You're next up on the fan. Hey, Rick. How are you? Good. Great hearing your voice. We appreciate everything that you do for the public and uh, 
given all the information that's necessary. That you're a great resource Thank to you. all of us. Thank you, Lou. Uh, uh, one of the points I wanted to make up about the Miller case, uh, this might be a little bit different of a viewpoint, but I think that he should be allowed to return to come back and play hockey on condition that he gives 10% of his salary to the bullied disabled kid. The only way you teach a lesson is if you get people in the pocket, and this is one way to teach a, a major lesson. You know, Lou, that's an interesting thought. I was also trying to figure out if there's some way that they could do a um, some sort of way to really reinforce to, to this youngster that, okay, uh, we'll put you on a very short leash to play for us, but you're going to have to, as you said, either financially make some um, uh, compensations, going to go to some fund, charity, something. Um, I was surprised that wasn't suggested. Maybe it was. Maybe it was rejected. I don't know. But um, it is. It is curious. And the next, it'd be, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see Lou what happens to this youngster if somebody else comes up and says, "Okay, uh, we will give this kid a shot, but we're going to have to make sure that he's doing something in, in retribution to to atone for his his uh, sins when he was 13 or 14 years old." I don't know. It's very very strange. Um, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. Um, but anyhow, I Lou, tell me about what uh, you. Th- you yeah, go ahead. Also concerning the COVID. Yes. Uh, I can't see how how the sports are going to come back. Because what happens is every time it starts to go down in the amount of COVID cases, a few weeks later, all these parties are happening, and uh, the, there's an increase in, in more and more cases. And i got to tell you, it, this is coming from the outside. It's not really the kids in the school that are bringing this. This is the, uh, the, the people in the public that are bringing this from the outside, and they're going to the stores, without wearing a mask, and this is how they're contaminating everybody. It just takes one person to contaminate 100 people. It's amazing. Well, but, I, uh, but it's my understanding, and again, everybody's trying to cut through all the confusion and the, and the fog and haze here, but that's my sense that, as you said, Lou, it's the kids. It's the kids who, who get the disease but don't show any symptoms or, or mild symptoms, but they become, in effect, carriers of the disease, and they're the ones that you know, then spread it either to their colleagues, to their coaches, to uh, other, other competitors, friends, whatever. And so, as you said, if we get into a situation where the kids are playing sports inside, in a gymnasium, in a hockey rink, in, in, a, in a practice facility, they're going to be, uh, the chances of them spreading the disease to the people who are more uh, let's say susceptible to getting the disease. That's the problem. So I, I again, um, it may just be a situation where again I always refer to the the Spanish flu back in 1918. That lasted three years, and we're already, we're still yeah. less than a year into this uh, this pandemic. So I it's it's I, it's it's going to be. I'm thinking that the only answer to this is the vaccination. Well, I don't it, think you'll be able to curtail this, but uh, once the vaccination comes on and. What's sad is that a lot of people don't even want to take the vaccination. Yeah, yeah, no, I, that, that it's not going to be effective. That is a major concern as well. It's going to take a tremendous effort by all these uh, pharmaceutical companies and people like Dr. Fauci to say, "Look, this is safe. It's good. It's 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 something that will protect you and your family." But again, as you said, the, the various uh, you know polls and surveys we're seeing, it says you know less than half people are 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 eager to yeah, take this. And- so. Let me let me move on. Let me thank you again as always. I'll talk to you soon. You bet. That's uh, I want to talk to Mike Spina. Uh, Mike Mike is one of the first uh, who came on the show back in 
golly, back in February or March and talked about maybe we should reorganize and re redesign all the various uh, high school sports programs. And at that time, that was a fairly, well, radical idea. Uh, but for as we've seen this all play out, it, it's taken place to a certain extent. It's obviously still a work in progress. But the whole idea of playing football in the spring or, or postponing sports uh, until the spring when th- hopefully the, the pandemic is gone, this is what's sort of playing out. Although, obviously, we're still – every school district is making up its own mind. Hey, Mike, how are you? Good, Rick. How are you? Mike, give us a from because obviously you're a longtime high school coach, uh, primarily in football. Uh, you know, Long Island. Tell me, tell us what's happening. What are you hearing out in Nassau and Suffolk County in terms of sports for this winter and and for the spring? Well, I think it's there's a lot of confusion um, as far as the administration is concerned. Um, we're we're an all go starting January fourth, starting with the winter and then the fall and then the spring. So most. Most of the coaches and most of the school districts on Long Island are, are doing their due diligence. They're doing some kind of training with or without equipment. Um, there are seven-on-seven seven leagues going on with football, right. uh, baseball and stuff I know, even with like the youth and my own son and stuff like that. They've been doing winter workouts already. They're doing hitting. They're doing batting. They're doing strength and conditioning. So, I mean, as far as the kids are concerned, you know, a lot of them are getting themselves ready to start January 4th. Uh, just, it's a very confusing time for a lot of people because, as we know, the numbers are going up. And I just like to piggyback on your last caller. You know, as a teacher, and this is my 29th year, you know, where I teach at Fall Park, you know, right now the schools are the safest place to be. You know, the the kids are monitored. They're wearing masks. Teachers are wearing masks. They have the plastic shields. They're spraying classrooms. You know, when a kid goes to school, they're safe. You know, the spread is not happening in schools. The spread is happening outside. That's the biggest problem right now. Well, you make a really cogent point, Mike, uh, because you said it, 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 around in classrooms, there are teachers, administrators. They're obviously trying to make sure everything is as sanitized as possible. The kids obviously have to wear masks. The teachers are wearing masks. But as you point out, and as, as Lou has said before, the problem is when they, and I, I don't want to blame the kids necessarily, but, you know, kids are kids when they leave school. When they go off and hang out with their friends uh, after class, whatever, they don't necessarily are. They're not really wearing masks, uh, or not wearing masks in a very diligent way. And you know, when you watch, like uh, you know, watch college football, and you're watching, uh, you know, high, uh, college coaches. Sometimes they're wearing a mask. Sometimes they're not wearing a mask. Uh, you know, so it doesn't look like it, it's that it's that being it's being reinforced that strongly. And youngsters obviously watch us and say, "Well, it's one thing if why do I have to wear a mask when when I see this college coach? He's not wearing a mask when he's when he's screaming or yelling at a referee or one of his players. What's the difference?" And that I think that's the problem. I think a lot of the kids sort of say, "Well, it's I'm not gonna the the the, the fatality rates for kids aren't, aren't very high." But it's hard to, to sort of extrapolate and explain to them, yeah, but you could be spreading the disease to people who are older, who are much more uh, sensitive uh, and vulnerable to the uh, to COVID. Um, and and when, you, when you look at the kids preparing now for the winter sports that you see in your world, I mean, I assume that, um, again, if they're on the school property, they're adhering to all the regulations in terms of COVID, correct? That, that is correct. I mean, when we're doing our little workouts, whether it's football, softball, we're wearing masks. The kids are required to wear a mask. If they need a mask break, they have to separate 12 feet apart and wear the mask. And just to go back with what you're saying is, yeah. you're right. Kids are seeing coaches without masks. They're seeing parents 
and this might make a lot of people mad, but as a coach, as a parent, we have to set the example for these teenage and even youth kids. You know, if we don't set the right example, then these kids have no chance of ever playing again for a long time. Yeah, I I think that's that's the reality. Uh, uh, you know, I, I and, and it's unfortunate, but and I think we've made great strides, as you said, Mike. Uh, since you're on the front lines as a longtime teacher and as a coach, you're seeing this every day. And and for you to say that, you know, I I think this is, we're getting the point across in the school districts. We're we're getting the kids to understand. No, if you don't wear a mask, if you don't keep uh, socially distant, you're not going to be to allowed in the classroom. You're not going to be allowed to 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 work out. I mean, these are important lessons, but the question then becomes is how do we get the kids to take those lessons home with them once the, the final uh, school bell ends the, the school day? Um, because I don't, I don't, I mean, I see myself, I see walking around where I live. I, don't, I see kids playing sports. They're not necessarily wearing masks. I, I, I congregate without wearing masks. It's just unfortunate that they, they sort of just sort of figure well, once I'm out of school, I'm okay. Um, and that, that's the concern. Mike, I'll be interested to see how this plays out in, uh, starting in January because I have a fear that, um, as you say, the, the word you'd use, and I think this is where everybody feels the same way, the word you use is confusion. We're all hoping and praying that the numbers go down, but we'll have to wait and see what happens into January. And, and Mike, um, it's going to be curious. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I'm as, as confused as I am, I'm, I'm anxious to get started. I'm hoping that you know things turn around. I hope that they could actually sit there and say, listen, this, these are the rules that we're going to use. If we can have a phys ed class, we can have a sport. Whether it's with fans or without fans, you know, the rules have to apply to the, the same as the school as they do as the after-school athletics. It's an absolutely, I hate to say it, but it's sort of a life-or-death kind of situation, and it's essential that our kids understand this and adhere to it. Mike Spina, good to talk to you as always. Uh, we'll touch back again with you in a, in a few months, and hopefully things will be in a, in a better situation. Always a pleasure, Rick. Thanks, Mike. Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, we're taking calls about you know what we could do to prepare our kids and ourselves uh, for hopefully or that you know, it's a nice, good winter, but hopefully we'll keep sports going. But I fear that it's not going to happen that way. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's continue on. Let's go to Michael in the Bronx. Good morning, Michael. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Good. How are you, Michael? Good. Good. I just wanted to comment or ask a few questions and your thoughts on uh, Mitchell Miller. Yes. Um, obviously, 14-year-olds, teenagers, they can be ruthless. They can be mean. People make mistakes. Correct. Um, and by no means can I condone what the individual did. But I know from my own experiences at 14 and 15, and a lot of us can say, we're not proud of things that we did. Fortunately for me, I was able to evolve and surround myself by different people and make myself a better person and a very, mm -hmm. very successful in life. Do you think that this, uh, someone like that has an opportunity and uh, to to reinvent himself and grow. And if you had a young child, how would you share the story with them about what took place? Well, first of all, uh, uh, the reason I brought this case up again is because obviously, although it's, as I said, it's a terrible set of circumstances. Uh, this was not a one-time incident. Apparently this kid Miller bullied this youngster on numerous occasions. Uh, and he was, he was uh, arrested and convicted on two misdemeanors, uh, and he was sentenced to do community service, and he had to go through counseling. Uh, and, he, you know, he, he did everything that was asked of him uh, by the court, in juvenile court. Um, but, I mean, I, 
I, to your point about the fact that he was 14 or 13 years old, we, there are lots of studies that show when kids are teenagers, their brains are still developing. And obviously we refer to that as a whole sense of maturity. Uh, a kid's brain when they're in their mid-20s is different when they're in their early teens. And we all know as parents that teenagers unfortunately sometimes do really stupid things that's what being a teenager is all about in this case there was a victim involved and that's not good but i i I do think it is a cautionary tale Uh, i would like to think that maybe somebody somewhere uh, in the world of pro hockey or college hockey would say look we're going to take a chance in you, but you got to prove to us on an everyday basis that you're doing the right thing, whether that means either paying money or finding a, setting up a fund to develop uh, you know, donations uh, to prevent uh, bullying um, or to go through everyday counseling, uh, just like somebody who has an alcohol problem or somebody who has a gambling problem. You need to have constant counseling. I don't know the details as to what this kid is involved in the last few years. Uh, the details are unfortunately kind of sketchy, but I do know that at some point as a mom or dad, you do want to sit down with your kid, particularly when they are in their young teenage years, and explain to them that because we live in a world where everything is videotaped, everything is being recorded, and everybody knows that you have to be, you know, be careful as to how you treat others, particularly in the time of COVID, this is an important case. You don't have to make it into a, a, into a half-hour lecture, but you do want to at least make sure your kid you use the example of Mitchell Miller, which is fresh and contemporary, and explain to your kids, like, you're going to be held accountable in the real world as to what you do or say. So if you're tempted to, to taunt a, t- a classmate, understand that may come back to haunt you down the road. Uh, we've seen lots of examples, of course, uh, with, um, with social media. The kids put out stupid stuff on Twitter. Uh, or Instagram, and next thing you know, uh, they lose a college scholarship uh, because of their comments. So these are important points, and again, it's all about, this is classic (laughs) parenting 101, teaching your kids to be accountable. And it's not a one-time lecture, Michael. It's got to be something that has to be done over and over again over the course of their teenage years. Uh, I I do feel strongly about that, Um, and I know that most coaches uh, and parents feel the same way, that you're going to have to be in a situation where this is an important lesson. And, you know, quite frankly, during the if, if, we, if, we, have a, if we have a lull or a delay with, high, with uh, sports during the course of uh, the winter because of COVID, these are the kind of times you can sit down with your youngster when you're talking about sports and remind them about being held accountable, do the right thing, and, and make sure they understand what they do these days as a teenager could have an impact in a negative way down the road. You don't have to make, again, you don't have to really hammer it home in a half-hour hour lecture. We just get the point across that be careful. As simple as that. Michael, thank you for the call. Okay, let me, let me take a time out. I, I do want to take more of your calls, and I will after uh, we have a break. Uh, I do want to talk about other things that we want to discuss with our kids. Uh, if, in fact, there is a, uh, a, a sort of a, a slow start in terms of winter sports, one 337 And back here on the Sports Edge, uh, don't forget the NFL preview. We, that follows the Sports Edge this morning. And I also, of course, invite you to follow me uh, on Twitter at hashtag AskCoachWolf. And check out my website for all the various resources you can find there at AskCoachWolf.com. Um, 
Also, a quick programming note. I'm going to give you an extra 30 minutes of sleep next Sunday. <laughs> That's right. The, the Sports Edge is going to start next Sunday at 7.30 a.m. and will run to 8.30 uh, from what I understand, this is just a one-time change, uh, so just to enjoy the extra half hour of sleep next Sunday morning. Again, I'll be on the air Sunday uh, with a 7.30 start. Okay, we're talking this morning about uh, what to prepare our kids uh, when it comes to perhaps a, well, say a temporary pause when it comes to, to winter sports, uh, and we're talking about, you know, things that kids should do. I mean, clearly, if uh, we're in the middle of November, and obviously the winter is going to be setting in, uh, unfortunately, sooner than we think, I do think it's absolutely essential that you, you know, sit down with your son or daughter and say, let's talk about this. Uh, we, we, it's going to be important that uh, you stay in shape physically if, if your high school sports program is, is, is postponed. Uh, you know, you got to make sure every day you get in the habit. Uh, if the weather is okay, go outside, do your exercises, do your calisthenics, do what you can uh, to physically stay fit. Um, we don't, or and if you have to go inside to work out, again, inside is always a concern. But again, if you can have your youngster find a place where they can socially distance themselves from uh, the rest of the folks around them, they can do their exercises, calisthenics, their skills and drills, their lifting, whatever they want to do. But they have to do that to stay in shape. We don't want our kids to become sort of, you know, lazy and just plop themselves down in front of the computer to play video games. They got to stay sharp. Uh, I also will say that uh, this is a good time. Uh, and again, this is a, these are conscious conversations you have with your son or daughter if they are serious athletes. You say, let's go look at some of the videotape. Uh, videotape, of course, is pretty much everywhere these days in terms of kids playing sports. Let them go back and actually not just watch uh, their, their, their fun moments of playing the sports, but see if they can actually learn what parts of their games, uh, their skills they can improve upon. Uh, whether, for example, let's say they're a soccer player and they can see from watching the videotape of themselves that well maybe they could work on this move or maybe they could do more in terms of strengthening their their dribbling uh, ability by improving their 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 dribbling with their left foot if they're if their right-footed strength uh, is, is more dominant let them learn how to see from the videotape what they can improve their game if they're shooting if they're a basketball player they can work on their free throw techniques by watching videotape over and over again. Look, we all know that video is a great, great instructional tool, but you got to sit down and actually watch it and learn from it. You look at any, you talk to any pro athlete, and they're always in the in the video room looking and analyzing to see how they can improve the game. And those habits should begin, quite frankly, when kids are in middle school or high school. Those are the key developmental years. Okay, let's let's get back to our calls. Let's uh, let's talk to our friend Jack Smithlin over in New Jersey. Good morning, Jack. How are you doing today? Jack, are you there? Okay, let's. We'll come back to Jack. Let's go over to. Uh, let's go to Rob over in Lake Success. Hey, Rob, you're next up on the fan. Hmm. We seem to be having some technical difficulties here um, in getting our calls here. But that's. Let me just go while we're trying to figure out what's happening with our phone calls. Let me just talk about a few other aspects about about preparing your kid for a long cold winter if there are no high school or amateur sports. Uh, you know, I. Uh, oh, in fact, uh, let's uh, let's try our calls again. Let's go to Jack. Jack. Uh, Jack over in Fairlawn. Jack Smith, and you there? 
Yeah, I'm here, Rick. Okay, okay. We don't have we don't, we rarely have technical issues, but I'm glad you're on and talking to us this morning, Jack. These are important points to cover. Well, you know what, Rick? It's funny because you talked about the videos, and they're very important. As a hitting coach, you know, at the college level, I sit down and watch videos almost every single day, and yep. you can learn from them. You know, watch the different videos. But talking about what your show. Um, is about today, you know, the things that we need to do in the downtimes. You know, as a college coach, you know, I needed to connect with my players during these downtimes, you know. And one of the things I told every single one of them is that we're all in this together, you know, and it's not just athletes, it's students, it's friends, it's family, you know. So some of the things that I told them to do, and, we're, and we stay on a base, we stay on a, a contact basis every week is to stay contacted with your friends, your family. You know, these are your best support. You know, those people that, you know, when you're down, there's no crime in asking for help when you're feeling down or anxious or even depressed or stressed out, you know. And those people are the people that are that are closest to you, you know. Um, also, some of your extra time, put it into studying, you know. I mean, you, you, you are in school. A lot of these athletes are on campuses not playing their sport. And, you know, some of them are the only people on campus are the athletes. So put some extra time into your studying. Well, Jack, um, let, let, me just, let, me just, like, let me just interrupt you there for a second because I, I want to really – that's one of the points I want to make, and I really do want to drill this one home. You know and I know and our listeners all know that we're allowed to play sports uh, for only a limited number of years. Invariably, you know, all even the best athletes uh, eventually have to stop playing sports just due to the passage yep. of time. So you can use this time if, if, there, if there's a delay with winter sports. This is a time for, again, parents to sit down with the youngster and say, look – Let's assume that, you know, that sports are going to be uh, not a factor for the next two or three months. And you still want you to work out. We still want you to look at your video. We still want you to dream about big dreams. But you ought to use this time to figure out, okay, I have extra time in the day. What else do I like? What other pursuits do I want to chase in life? Use the time to figure out what do I do after my sports, my, my athletic career comes to an end. Now, for most athletes, as we know, Jack, that happens at the end of high school. Some kids are going yep. to play on in college, but again, and very, very, very few go on to play at the pro level. But we all know that at some point in their, let's say, end of their teenage years, early 20s, they now have to go out into the real world and get a job and do something. So this is a good sort of preview time for parents what? to say to kids, why don't you figure out what else would you want? If you didn't have sports, what else would you like to do with your life? And use it you know, as a starting it, it, off point. In your book, um, The Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed, you talk about the two parachutes. Yes. You know, when the, when the first one doesn't open, which in most cases with kids are their sport, the sport that they love playing, they want to pursue, boys want to go on to professional sports, that's not going to happen most likely. Right. And you've got to have that second parachute, you know. Um, and I got and that. Great, oh, that's not, I can't point. take credit for that. That came from Grant Hill, you know, the well, former NBA star. Yeah, but you stressed it in your book, um, your psychology book, right? And you know it was well taken. I mean, you know, m moving on with what I've been talking to my athletes about, you know, like you said before, exercising. You know, we got to remember that exercise um, 
physically, emotionally, and mentally is a medicine. Yes. And, you know, when we are stressed, there's nothing better than exercising. And, you know, talking to Rob Freed, you know, a, a world-class runner um, in his day and, and still in his age group, you know, he gets out and runs miles and miles every day, and it takes the stress off. We talk about that every single time that we talk. And, you know, exercise is one of the most important things you can be doing right now. You know, athletes, work your skills. Work the things that apply to your sport. You know, simulate hitting, simulate kicking a ball, simulate shooting a basket. Do your visualization skills like you talk about once again in your book. Absolutely. This is, you know, this is what it's all about because if you do have some downtime, like, let's face it, sometimes athletes do get injured. Uh, you know, they, they have a, a – something happens to the – you know, they break a bone – concussion, whatever yep. it might be, they're not going to play for a few weeks. Well, use that time in, in a very viable way to improve or enhance your sports. But as I said, I mean, let's think about packing two parachutes. If that first one doesn't open, what are you going to do with the second one? And I have to tell you, over the years, I, I've, I've worked and have counseled a lot of athletes who said, you know, I've always been an athlete, this is what I do, and all of a sudden, I've uh, my career has come to an end, and now I'm at, I'm sort of drifting because I don't know what I want to do next, and it's 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 you dangerous. Know, be, be, so before we end, and I and I hope we I hope we have time for another call because I'd love to hear what Rob has to say. Um, but you know, these are tough times, and one of the best quotes that I've ever used for my athletes, and these are the times that I'm using them because of this pandemic. I've been coaching for two years at the college level, two different colleges. And haven't had a full season yet. So <laughs> tough times create tough people. So be one. I hear you. Know? you. Be one of those tough people. Thanks, Rick. I, I, I really appreciate the show. I, I, I love listening to you. I love reading all your books. And like I said, people, if you're going to read and you want to do some of these, you know, read about some of the things that you can make you a better person and a better athlete, read that book, The Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed. Great book. Thank you, Talk Jack. To you, later, Rick. you bet. Thanks so much. And uh, yes, that's um, one of the suggestions I would make during if you have find yourself your kid is in a, a downtime. The sports have been postponed for a few weeks or a few months. Another constructive suggestion, and you can think this is probably a little silly, but I got to tell you, it's an important one. Take the time to read the rule book of whatever sport your kid plays and ask your youngster to read the rule book as well. Then they'll say, oh, come on, I already know the rules of my sport. Well, maybe you do and maybe you don't. You'd be surprised how few high school baseball players know the infield fly rule and they actually explain it to you and why, why, how, it's, how it's enforced. Or ask a soccer player to really explain in a few words what the offside rule is and how that's flowed. I mean, you really need to get the kids to take, take the time. You just go and buy a copy of Amazon of the rule book for the high school level and get a sense of what the rules actually are. You'll be amazed because you're going to say as a grown-up yourself, oh, I'm my Look, I played a sport all my life. Yeah, but the rules change over the years, and sometimes what, was, what might have been in effect when you were growing up is no longer or it's been modified. It's as simple as that. Okay, let's move on. Let's go Let's go to Rob Freed over in Lake Success. Good morning, Dr. Freed. How are you? Hey, you know, Rick, by the way, Jack, thank you, thank you so much. You had me laughing over here, and he's, <laughs> he's way, way too kind. Yes. This is, and, and here's my thoughts on this, and, and, you know, this is why we need a guy like you as a commissioner, and it's such a unique show because this is a sports station, but this and, you know, and Bob Salter before you are, are so different, and we're talking about the real world here. 
this is a pandemic, all right? This is something, I, it's, it's going through the world. It, it's, sports is just a microcosm of what we talk about and what we love. And every point that's been hit today by everybody, the calls have been great. Lou was a, had some great points. Mike Spina, obviously, you know, Jack is, is unreal. I mean, every time he calls in, he, he got us all thinking. We have to get the vaccine. But here's where, where I want to contribute. And I was talking to Jack, and we were, you know, basically going back and forth. And you hit on all the points. Use the downtime to exercise. Every athlete, I remember when I was in the Melrose games, I saw Herschel Walker under the garden, okay? That was like, it was like a little city down there where they come out of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. And I, I saw him for Georgia. He was, you know, he was a sprinter in, in college. And I'm yes. running down there before my two-mile relay. He's doing sprinting work before he went out to do the 55, like a dash at that point. Use this time. Exercise. Run. Boxes run. Use visualization, Rick. Read up on everything you can. The fall, and like what Jack said, and you've been saying, we got videotapes. Everything now, the great athletes that want to succeed are going to do all this stuff anyway, okay? But it's the, the, the in-between athlete. Get in shape. Just basically use the down, and academics, use this downtime to just work on different things. But, you know, I think the bottom line is, Till the pandemic, you know, goes away. And like you said, it's three years. I think we're going to see a light at the end of the tunnel. The vaccine's going to come out. Uh, probably we're all going to have an opportunity to get it by the spring. We're going to turn the corner. I'm being very, very hopeful. But you predicted all this. You said the second wave was coming. And sadly, till we get that vaccine, we're just going to have to, you know, sit tight and, you know, work on personal I guess doing personally inside what we can do to, you know, stay, stay I, in good shape. I, Rob, go I, could, I, I, you know, uh, yeah, we're all in this together. Uh, and I just want to come back for a second and underscore the video stuff, because if, if your youngster is an athlete and they really are serious athletics about athletics and, and staying in shape, they're going to want to do this on their own. And they will be looking to you as a, as a parent to say, okay, well, what can I do during this downtime? Well, yeah, well, for example, video. Well, when I was growing up and, and, and playing sports, you know, video was just really in its infancy. It wasn't as universal as it is now. But, boy, oh, boy, I, I often think, gee, I wish, if I'd had the chance to review my video uh, as, a, as an athlete, as a ball player, when I was in high school or in college, it would have been a tremendous help to me. And, I want to just add one thing, Rick, with your book and what you do, psychology, visualization, yeah. every golfer visualize. I was watching, um, you know, every pro, they'll think of their shot. They'll imagine what they're going to do. You do this for a living, psychology. Visualize yeah. what your sport's about. Use this time to mentally get ready and prep because we're in a, we're in a tough situation. And I want to thank you again for letting me chime in. And you're the best. And well, keep up Rob, the great work. Rob, thank you so much. Uh, very good to talk to you as always. Uh, and stay well. Let's, uh, we're up against the clock here, but let's move quickly to Mike in Hicksville. Mike, good morning. You're on the fan. Uh, let's, uh, we lost of Mike. Let's go to Merv in Manhattan. Hey, Merv. Good morning. You're up Hi. next up. How you doing? Hi. Thank you for your program. I'm going to make it very, very short because I don't like to be on the phone. But there's a letter to the editor of the New York Times from a parent. Yes. Uh, we have already lost that generation and the previous one to cell phones, tablets, and video games. As a teacher, it is amazing to me that the same parents who find remote learning so detrimental 
are the ones who use cell phones to distract their crying infant and thought it was adorable that their three-year-old could play video games. How many hours were they using technology to babysit their babies before the pandemic? Teaching remotely is at least twice as much work for teachers. If this wasn't the best option, they wouldn't be doing it. And that's all. I, I appreciate your program. It's very interesting. I find it more, sometimes more interesting than, quote, sport, the sports <laughs> people. I, I, I heard the, the other day, I heard one of them complaining about something. And I swear to God, I, I tried to call him and say, he's a big, you're a big baby. <laughs> yeah, he, well, he complained. He complained that he was coming into your offices there, wherever, wherever your offices are. Sure, and the right. woman sitting at the desk didn't greet him. Oh, she was in a bed. Did she? I would have said, does he know what her shape was? Maybe somebody's in a bad mood, has had a, a setback during well, this horrible time. I, I, Marla, yeah. I, I hear you loud and clear, and, and, and thank you for your thoughts. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is ironic to me as well that when this day and age of great technology, and of course it's very, very difficult for parents to have to set up their kids on Zoom calls with teachers. We all know it's very, very challenging. That's why we're hoping and praying this vaccine comes soon so that we can get back to uh, a sense of real normalcy. That's as simple as that. But in the meantime, keep your kids involved in sports right to the winter. Make them work. Make them think about what they can do to improve their game, whether it's visualization or, or exercise on a daily basis or reading the rule book, as I said. All right, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Ed Arzuman. Please stick around for NFL Preview. That is up next. I'll see you next Sunday at 7.30 right here on the Sports Edge. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.